uh, before I read, Art, what was that uh, invitation song again, please? 266. 266. Okay. Uh oh, I'm sorry. Got it wrong. 226. 226, okay. 226. Thank you. The reading this morning. Is 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag at the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were, was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. certainly wasn't David's finest hour. He had been hiding from Saul. He had become weary and he decided to flee to the enemy. Have you ever wanted to give up? Have you ever been in a slump? Well, most of us have. Most of us have faced a giant or two and Goliath has some very dangerous weapons given to him by Satan. In fact, he has a custom designed weapon. It has a a 1,000 power scope, it doesn't fire bullets, it fires sadness, it doesn't take lives, it takes away smiles, it doesn't inflict flesh wounds, it inflicts faith wounds. Relationships sours, skies darken and billow, and the nights defy the sunrise. You're in a slump, the problems are the Sioux and you feel like Custer. It seems like you're on your last stand at the Little Bighorn. Everyone has faced at one time or another the weapons of destruction and those weapons belong to Satan. The title of the sermon is When David Almost Gave Up. And let's look this morning at how that happened and how it can affect the strongest among us. King David, a man after God's own heart, a faithful warrior, a strong man, and he finally gave out. The weapons of Satan finally got to him, and if they can get to David, can any of us be surprised if they can get to us? David felt like he was on his last stand. In fact, David was worn out. That's our first point. He was worn out. David was on the run. Saul had been getting the best of David. He was sleeping in a cave. 
He was lurking behind trees and he was hiding wherever he could hide. He had 600 soldiers depending on his leadership and looking for provision from the king who was on the run. In addition to that, those 600 soldiers had wives and children. David had two wives of his own in his tent, almost guaranteeing tension back at home. Running from an insane king, hiding in the hills, leading an ill-equipped group of men, and having to feed more than a thousand uh, mouths, that will give Satan an opportunity to hit one with his weapons of destruction. And his weapons found their mark. David reasoned Saul would kill him one day. Therefore, the best thing to do was to go to the camp of the enemy so Saul would stop searching for him. Notice what he said, and to whom he said it. And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me then I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. 1 Samuel 27 verse 1. David was so worn out and so on the run that he stopped making requests of God. He turned to himself. No hope, no future, and most of all, no God. He immersed himself in his fear, didn't he? Until his fear took over and he said, I now shall perish. He knew better. Now on brighter days and in healthier moments, David was the model of what to do in tough times. Notice, the first time he faced the Philistines in the wilderness, David inquired of the Lord, 1 Samuel 23, 2. When he felt small against his enemy, David inquired of the Lord, 1 Samuel 23, 4. When attacked by the Amalekites, David inquired of the Lord, 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. When he was confused about what to do after the death of Saul, David inquired of the Lord, 2 Samuel 2, 1. When crowned king and pursued by the Philistines, David inquired of the Lord, 2 Samuel 5, 19. He defeated them, and then they mounted another attack. So David inquired of the Lord, 2 Samuel 5, 23. When times were tough, David knew to whom to speak. There was a pattern in David's life. Confused? Speak to God. Challenged? Speak to God. Afraid? Speak to God. Most of the time. But not this time. And on that occasion, David spoke to himself. And David said in his heart. He didn't even seek the counsel of those that he trusted most. When Saul first lashed out at David, he turned to Samuel. As the attacks continued, he turned to Samuel. As Saul continued, David asked Jonathan for advice. When he was weaponless and breadless, he took refuge among the priests of Nob. But when things seemed their bleakest, when things became their darkest, David consulted David. He had forgotten God led 
And in a wave of weariness, David hit a slump. And he was worn out. And once he wore out, he got out. David defected. And Saul called off the hunt. He went to the camp of the enemy and led his men into the land of idols and false gods. And he pitched his tent in the backyard of Goliath. He laid down in the pasture of Satan himself. Initially he felt relief. Saul had given up the chase. His men could sleep with their eyes closed. Their children could rest and be schooled. Their wives could unpack their clothes. Yes, hiding out in the, the, uh, the enemy's backyard can bring relief temporarily. After all that time being led by the shepherd and being made to lie down in green pastures and led beside the still waters, David was in Satan's pasture and drinking from mud holes. But temporary relief always comes from the enemy and it is always temporary. Take a drink. Indulge in the drug of choice or whatever vice a person may relax for a season. However soon, guilt, loneliness, heartbreak, and all the other faces of reality will rush in. The wise man warned this, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. David defected because he got out. The problems begin when one stops defying temptation and sin. When you stop standing up to the temptations of life, that's when the problems begin. And that's what happened to David. James encouraged, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4 verse 7. When one submits to God, it becomes easier to stand up against Satan, doesn't it? That's what James 4 is all about. Don't be prideful. Don't submit to self. Don't be worldly. Be humble and submissive to God. Think about Him. Consider what God would have one to do. Communicate with God, not with self. All those qualities lend themselves to being able to resist the attacks that Satan sets about to force upon the Christian. And the Christian gains those qualities by growing in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 and that makes one approved in the sight of God, 2 Timothy 2.15. David had entered a time in his life when he was not doing those things and he almost gave up. He was wore out, he got out, and then he sold out. David struck a deal with Achish, the king of Gath. Now, if Achish would give him a city in which to dwell David, he said, you know what? I'll become your servant, 1 Samuel 27, 5. He called himself a servant. Now who are we talking about? We're talking about King David. We're not talking about someone who just came along, who had no idea who God was. We're talking about King David, the chosen one, anointed by Samuel. 
We're talking about the once proud son of Israel and conqueror of Goliath lifted a toast to the foe of his family. Of course, Achish welcomed that deal. Who wouldn't, right? Taking the enemy of your people. He granted David a village, Ziklag, and asked only for David not to turn against his own people and kill them. Well, as far as Achish knew, that's what David did. However, David raided the enemies of, of Israel. He killed both man and woman, and he took away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the apparel, First Samuel 27, 8-9. He had struck a deal, and he continued to scheme, really, against Achish, and he covered it up with bloodshed. He continued that hypocrisy for 16 months. And from that time, notice this, no psalms were written from David. His harp was silent. The slump David was in muted the minstrel. We don't have any psalms from David. When the Philistines attacked King Saul, they didn't want David in the battle. They were afraid. He and his men are sent home. David led his men back to Ziklag, but when they arrived at their village, guess what they found? It was burned to the ground. The Amalekites had destroyed it. They had kidnapped their wives, their sons, and their daughters. And when David saw his men, and when they looked around, and they saw the devastation, they wept. And then, guess what? They became angry. Not at God. Not even at the Amalekites. With David. David's the one who made the deal with the enemy. They wanted to kill him. Did he regret his prayerless choice to get out and to sell out? What about ourselves? David wore out. He got out. He sold out. He was out. Let's look at ourselves. You know, a slump is an incubator for all the wrong choices and decisions in life. It's an assembly line for bad and regretful moves. How we handle the tough times will stay with us for a long time. How do we handle our own? That's a question. We need to consider. When hope takes the last train out and joy is just simply the name of someone we know down the street, when we're tired of trying, tired of forgiving, when we're tired of hard weeks, of hard-headed and hard-hearted people, how are we going to manage our dark days? You know, the world has a lot of ideas on how to do that. The world says a bottle of pills, a bottle of whiskey, an hour at the bar, whatever it is, whatever you do, just leave God out. might even just be a day at the spa or a week at the beach. Whatever it is, just leave God out. People assume they're fixing their sad lives, but they really aren't. It might help for a while, but it's just temporary. Like David, eventually they will crash into Gath 
only to find Gath doesn't have a solution. Let's not make the mistake David made. We need to seek the counsel of God because He is seeking after each of us because God invites. He wants us out of the incubator. He wants us to make good decisions. Do the opposite of David. Maybe if we talk less to self and more to God, that might be the answer. Because God is never downcast. God is never tired of our down days and He always wants to listen. You see, David neglected good advice. The next time, seek healthy counsel. Now, we might not want to do that. After all, people in a slump love others who are in a slump. People who are hurting seem to migrate toward those who are hurting. It seems those who are in those positions commiserate and avoid those who correct, yet correction and direction are what is needed. David gave up for a while. Don't give up. Don't make the mistake that Florence Chadwick did in 1952. She attempted to swim the chilly waters between Catalina Island and the California shore. She swam through foggy weather and choppy seas for 15 hours. Her muscles began to cramp and her resolve began to weaken. She begged to be taken out of the water, but her mother was in the boat beside her and and she urged her not to give up. She kept trying, but she grew exhausted and she stopped swimming. Age lifted her out of the water and into the boat. They paddled a few more minutes and finally the mist broke and the fog burned away and she discovered the shore was less than half a mile away. She later explained that all I could see was the fog. She said, I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. You see, we all need to take a long look at the shore that awaits us. Let's not be fooled by the fog, the fog of the slump in which we may be. Who knows, the finish line may be only just a few strokes away. God may be at this very moment lifting His hand to signal the archangel to grab the trumpet. The angels may be assembling The saints may be gathering, the demons may be trembling. Stay at it. Stay in the water. Stay in the race and stay in the fight. Give grace one more time. Be generous one more time. Teach one more class. Encourage one more soul. Swim one more stroke. David did. Right there in the smoldering ashes and ruins of Ziklag, he found strength. You see, he almost gave up, but he didn't. After 16 months in Gath, after the Philistine rejection, after the Amalekite attack, and the insurrection by his men, he remembered what to do. David found strength and encouragement in the Lord. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And that's where we find it.
We find it in initial obedience to the gospel through faith and repentance, confession, immersion in water for the forgiveness of sins. Sometimes we have to find it in repentance and confession of sin, sometimes in a public way, and coming back and asking God to forgive us. But David found strength and encouragement in the Lord. It's good to have you back, David. We missed you while you were away. You need to answer the Lord's invitation to do that as we stand and as we sing. There's a great day coming in.